you know, we just can't afford to lose four individuals. I'd say Johnny Gibson Park, probably Andrew Porter, and I would say probably Doris. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode four of the Football Pod. We're going to get straight into it, Paddy Andrews, because James O'Donoghue has joined us live from Miami. James in Miami, come on well, Will Smith. Miami. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. I don't That's know dedication. how... It is dedication, isn't it? Yeah, to fair the course, place. To the pod. I thought Please. you'd be by the pool there today. So burnt up. Fuck, with an old pina colada, but very professional, Jimmy. I am surprised. I did have a pina colada, but I'll tell you, it's raining. It's raining? been raining since we landed. Yeah, two, oh, days, no. two days of solid rain, like as in so horrific rain. Storm, everything. Oh, God. Perfect for watching football, though, this morning. So was ideal. Good man. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's just linger on Miami just for a moment. So you're over for a wedding. Your brother's wedding, yeah, big deal. Wedding. Tommy and Catherine getting married tomorrow in Key West. Lovely stuff. Down the I'm, very, the very bottom, southernmost point. I'm looking up the weather here for Key West, and you're looking good for tomorrow. A bit of sun. Is it an outdoor tomorrow, wedding? Yeah. An indoor wedding? Oh, it's outdoor. Yeah, outdoor wedding. Unreal. For a bit of sun. Uh, it'd be nice. It'd be oh, nice. Great. Well, but I think the weather. It's windy then. Like it could, it could be lovely. And actually, the wind could come in and just take everything off the table. And yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I wasn't expecting the wind and the rain. To be fair, have you seen any crocs? Any crocodiles yet? No, no. Lots of warnings though. Lots of signs. Don't go into the water, or you'll be eaten. How <laughs> 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 many points are you going to have tomorrow? And there's a few. Uh, which, there's a few uh, snakes around. Video that will you take tomorrow? I'll take it handy tomorrow. I should be on good <laughs> behavior. Yeah. Well, look, we, we wish Tommy and Catherine all the very best. So yeah. that's enough. Right, but any any last wishes for the bride and groom? <laughs> Any last wishes for them? Any words? Any words? Just a lifetime of happiness. I wish them all the best and all the luck in the world. Ah, Amen. That's it. All right. (laughs) Professional this crack. Let's get down to business, lads, because it's been another cracking weekend of football across the four divisions of the National Football League. James O'Donoghue just just shows how frivolous it is to get stuck into predictions. You're back, baby. Cork. I am back, baby. Thank God. Kildare Newbridge. My Twitter blew up again this morning. But I, the, no, I, it doesn't say much for Kildare. Mm. Do you know that they could turn up at home and just get turned over that easily? But I knew there was a kick in Cork. Even last week, kicking 19 points and still getting beaten. Once they tightened up at the back, there was always a kick in them. You knew it. So I was, I was happy to see them, see them raise a gallop this week, but very disappointing result at home for Kildare. We're recording here on Sunday evening because of the, the wedding tomorrow. And I'm just watching... Andrew Mernon shot on goal. Take a deflection oh, off the male defender. Jimmy, this is what we're going through. For you. What four minutes of the injury time? I'm recording. Our man here. Uh, Reid O'Neill has just kicked an absolute belt. Mayor were home and hose. They were five clear. And it's back to one. Oh, so we've I'm behind. He hasn't kicked a free yet here for me. Right, well, he kicks we, it. Jimmy. So he, kick it. <laughs> he kicks it. Everyone listening to the football pod will have the benefit of knowing the result. But it get to <laughs> we're planning to get to Kerry, our Arma and uh, Mayo in a couple of minutes. There's a point to go here with two minutes of injury time. So, yeah, like Cork, like what is going on in Kildare, Paddy? Like they were doing all right last week. And it took them 27 minutes to kick a point at home today against Cork. That's a surprising thing. And 
Look, we, we didn't get to see it live, obviously, because it wasn't being covered. We, we'll get highlights this evening, but that is surprising with Calera. It was at the game in Crow Park last week. Look, as I said last week, it wasn't a great game against Dublin, but there was definitely some sparks for Calera. Jack Robinson in the corner, Jimmy Highland, see yeah. Daniel Flynn made his comeback today off the bench. There you go, James. And the they're just so hard to play against in, in Newbridge. And Calera have such a strong record there. It was such a surprise. Like, they didn't score for the first 25 minutes, T. Isn't that right? Yeah, a 27. Two points a half time. minutes, which is, yeah. that is worrying. And, you know, we spoke previewing the, the leagues that you felt Dublin and Derry, and they both two from two, you'd expected them to be promoted, but Calera are probably the next team up behind them. And there's zero from two now. They still have to play Derry as well. It's, it's a surprising start to the campaign for them. And we've seen this across all the divisions. There's there's teams that are probably outperforming what we expected. And there's teams that we would have expected a little bit more from. And they just seem to be, for Kildare, that's worrying. That's not a good start to the season for them. Yeah. Um, particularly with the games they have left to come. And if they're getting that well beat in Newbridge, that is worrying signs for Glenn Ryan and his team. But, but for Cork, fair play to them. They'd have been very disappointed losing that game to me in Porky Queen last week, but that's a big turnaround and a great response from them, to be fair. Yeah, 100%. It's so hard, it's so hard to call the results at the moment because Isn't nobody it? seems to be able to put two, two good weeks back-to-back. Like, you could you could put all your faith in someone and they could leave you now. Oh, that's, that's just damage. a crazy moment here. Uh, oh, McLaughlin, what are you doing? Mayo were a point up. Ar- Armara on the attack. Rafferty takes it through the tackle. He gets turned over. Mayo were on the attack with maybe eight on four. And they bring it out to the sideline. I think they're, keep, they're going to play keep ball. There's 20 seconds to go. And McLaughlin takes a shot. They're yeah. a point up. Let's get excited, don't they? With nobody in nets. And he puts it a mile wide. And now Armagh have one last Time's attack. Up though, is it? I think oh, they have one last attack. Free, is he? No. Rafferty can oh, play. Did he give it <laughs> <laughs> <you> a free? <laughs> I do not think that is if Reno Neal is looking for that free. Oh, I'm surprised at that. Fergal Kelly... Live watch along here on the football pod. Yeah, uh, Phil Green was at the oh, he's game. He's playing for that. He's playing for that free. This you, can tell us, you can tell us what happens, yeah. Lads, you really shouldn't be recording live here. <laughs> we we got to do, we got to do. Phil Green was at the game in Newbridge oh. today, James. And he said, Cork are fitter, stronger, quicker. They're cuter and smarter with their movement inside. They're really well coached. You can see it in their collective defensive structure. Mm-hmm. Claire in response and I mean this honestly have shown nothing in the first half Cork are jamming up the scoring zone and turning them over constantly so that's going to be worrying for Claire. Paddy we might talk about this a little later on on the pod yeah. Claire is your from but, two it, it, it is worrying for Claire, but the thing is Cork had a serious kick up the arse last week against Mead because I know that they went into that game thinking if we can win this game we're looking up and they got yeah. they got a kick up the arse. So they would have gone in and just regrouped straight away, got their defensive system back intact. And even me today got four goals. Yeah. So they're obviously me are doing something right in attack. But that tight field in Newbridge, if if anywhere is going to suit Cork, I think a tight field in Newbridge actually suits them because they can play that defensive system and then they can kick. They have kickers up front. So it that, that field would suit them. Yeah, 100 percent The early game today that was live on Division One. Kerry against Monaghan wasn't the greatest watch. We saw it wasn't a, a great game, was it? No, it wasn't a great watch. We saw the comeback of Potty Clifford, who scored, I would say, on one hand, a brilliant goal. It was a sublime finish, but he is that man I've seen better defending in every junior game he's played <laughs> this year. And the performance of Donald Down O'Sullivan full time in the Athletic Grounds, Armagh drew with Mayo. So, yep. My God, so I'd say that McStay will be fuming with Omar McLaughlin for taking that he, shot. McStay's got to be fuming. All he has to do is run that position. 
Mayo were excellent in the second half. Actually, really, really impressive. The Aiton Shea experiment, obviously, playing inside yeah. the square. They started to get real yeah. dividends out of it. Um, Jordan Flynn, to be fair, had an excellent game at wing forward. Not known for his scoring prowess, but, but he was not on the ball. Such a trouble in the second half. And for Mayo to be in that position, you know, five points up coming down the stretch. And you think that Armagh really, really struggling in that second half. Mayo could have clamped on big time at Ethan Rafferty's kickouts. For them not to see that game out from there is, it's so disappointing for them. Surely the next day, there's frustration there. Aside from the last play, okay, Reid O'Neill, it's probably a soft enough free. I think he's definitely playing for it, but Mayo get the excuse. If that's in Castleberry, he's not getting it. Yeah, it's yeah, possibly, possibly, but but for McStay, look, two two games undefeated. It was their last kick of the game last week, but Ryan O'Donoghue, it's gone the other way uh, today for them, but they'd be disappointed to be in that winning position. And the team is experienced as Mayo, with the likes of Killian O'Connor, Aidan O'Shea. They had their experienced guys on the pitch at the end. For them not to close that out, that is a frustrating uh, ride home for them from there. But for our man, to be fair, keep going all the way to the end. And Reid O'Neill was a bit hit and miss with, with his freeze earlier on, but he stands up and nails it. So an exciting game, but you always get that when you're watching our man. Yeah, for mm. sure. I find with Armad, they get some great scores. All their scores seem to be almost straight off the training ground. They're kicking, getting off the shoulder, getting getting Rafferty involved. But they, they kind of seem seem to find it difficult to just get the easy scores, just chip on two or three handy yeah. ones. Do you know, they seem to be either getting a great score or it's a free. They don't seem to be able to just work a nice handy score to kind of keep them ahead by those three or four points in a game. If they could do that, I think that they would be in the top bracket. But until they can get those easier scores, they're not going to be they're not going to be top three or four yet. Yeah, we're going to come back to our man Mayo a little later, Paddy. Um, let's just talk about Kerry Monaghan though for a little while. While we have O'Donoghue still on the line, he will be departing us halfway through the pod today, James. You got to make your way to Key West, so we're only going to keep you another <laughs> fifteen minutes here. But before you go, talk to us about the new boy, Donald mm-hmm. Down O'Sullivan. Because he would have uh, come across everyone's radar today. Um, got man of the match yes. in his first start for Kerry. Scored 1-3. Dara Roach also scored 1-2. But for me, I thought yeah, it was looked, again. looked the class above today. Um, like, I don't think it's much of a surprise for the people of Kerry. Am I am no. I hearing it right that he scored 2-13 in a club final last year for Kilgarvan? He did. He did. He is a prolific scorer. And even last week, he came on against Donegal and... Straight away, he was brave. He was aggressive. He was showing out in front. He was taking his man on. Got him for a great score. Fisted it over the bar. Yeah. Had another shot that that just dropped short. But you could tell he had that kind of scent for a score straight away. Like it's fine to be kind of doing all the all the hard work and all the difficult stuff, but you need to have that kind of scent of a score in you all the time. And he has it. Like he he's used to racking up massive scores for Kilgarvan. And if he can take any sort of that scoring form to carry, he'll be. He'll be touching what that. Is he He'd be 22. Okay. I think he'd be 22. Yes. He's, he's, like, he's young, but he has been kind of stocky, strong young fella yeah. for like five or six he, years. Do you know yeah. those fellas who just kind of carry that build? He's he a good body for a while. He's comfortable he, in his body. He is the cut of a county footballer. That's the way I put it. Yeah. He does. He looks he like he's ready to score. play county football. Yeah. He kicked one score today where he just came off the shoulder in the first half and he, he put Super. it miles over. Like it was just a great score. Pure natural. Didn't think twice. Yeah, just swung it over. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his, his club Kilgarvan tweeted, our hearts are bursting with pride. The first Kilgarvan senior football player to play for Kerry. His first game starting and he only goes and wins man of the match. That's our Donal O'Sullivan down. 
Mm. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a lovely story. But there's there's a place in that team there for him. Do you know what there is? If he if he you know he has a great head in his shoulders, lovely young fella. If he can just stay stay focused and actually go for that, I think he there's a place there for him because that, that was there's my scores question. in him. That was my question because that Kerry have always had it. They've all, whether it be Kieran O'Leary or Barry John Kane that are either starting one year or maybe coming off the bench in another year. And you had the likes of Kenny and Spillane over the last couple of years. Tony Brosnan's in around the panel. Are Dara Roach and Donald O'Sullivan? fighting for one spot in the 26 or could one of them actually break through and start this year for Kerry? There's a fine line between both. I, like if a player that's starting in National League is never thinking about a place in the panel at that stage, then they're thinking, can I stay in the team here? And Darrell Roach has a great mentality. I know him, I, I play with the two of them from with these Kerry. They both have that kind of single-minded mentality that they'll be they'll be going for that. As soon as they think, I hope I hang on to this squad place. Like that's not the mentality you yeah, want to have. Yeah, yeah. Like they're never going to think that. They're going to say, I want to be starting 15 for Kerry here. They are going to be fighting for one spot because realistically it's going to be Clifford and probably Sean Yoshe playing top of the D. So it's going to be a fight between Paul Ganey, Darrell Roach. Donald Downs O'Sullivan, Tony Braston, and Killian Spillane for the 15 jersey, I reckon. So there is there is some serious competition there. But yeah. isn't, isn't that what, what we that's what Jack O'Connor wants? That's what he needs. What we've said Kerry will probably ease their way into this National League campaign. You could see that, you could see it in our team selections. Um, but in terms of an overall squad, Kerry probably are the most settled. And they won brilliant year last year with Jack O'Connor coming back. We know they've got two of the best players in the game with Sean O'Shea and David Clifford to come back into that team. We see Paddy getting a run out today and making an impact. But for Jack and for Kerry, they're looking for maybe one or two of these guys. It's power. Warren gets a go wing back today. Shane Murphy was excellent at the goal, keeping pressure on, on, on Shane Ryan. That's what Jack is looking for from this National League campaign. They're not going to be overly perturbed whether they win the thing or not. Um, but that today, he's looking at two or three players standing up and saying, okay, Give me, give me a headache. And that's the interesting thing. And I was looking at Killian Spillane again today. He comes on. He's got to be a bit frustrated that he would have been expecting, I'm going to cement my place in this National League. That I know yeah. Killian, uh, David Clifford's going to be away, so I'm going to be the main man. A bit erratic in his shooting last week. Doesn't start today. Probably the same again when he comes on. We know he's live. We know he can get scores. But it's two of the lesser known guys, the likely Dara Roach and O'Sullivan today, who've been, I've been impressed with both of them. And you're right, like, it's a big ask for, for both of these guys to be at the starting 15 when we come into the summertime. But all they can do at the minute, and all Jack O'Connor will want, not just those guys, but anyone that's getting a chance is make it hard for me to leave you out. Make mm. it difficult for me. And you even see it with the likes of, I thought Paul Murphy was excellent again today. Uh, Thomas O'Sullivan was top class. He had a good yeah. battle with, with Conor McCarthy in the first half. And then second half, he just started rolls Royce of a score. So for Kerry, they haven't a lot of work done, I feel. You can see that there's yeah. maybe some guys they probably needed this, a They probably needed that result, didn't they? Because yeah. there was a bit of pressure on them. They're thinking... You expect them to win their home games, Jimmy, don't you? Yeah. You, you know, pick up six points there, maybe get a win on the road. And it might be a late push for the playoffs. But, but for Jacko, it's more... Look, what we're saying in Division 1, obviously... But can we get two or three guys to supplement an All Ireland winning team? And, and today they'd be happy with it. It was, it wasn't a great game. They didn't have to do a whole pile to, to, to beat Monaghan. And on Monaghan's side of things, we, we said lads from 
from week one, we felt they were going to struggle to save this division. Yeah. And to be fair to Vinnie Curry, you look at the first half and it was kind of, it was more of a contest. They look well coached. <laughs> They're getting bodies back. They've got a brilliant keeper in begging their kickouts. They're looking to kick past the ball up the pitch. They're trying to do the right things, but they're just, I feel they're just blunt in attack. That, yeah. that, that Look, they've had one of the best forwards of his generation for the last decade. They're missing Jack McCarron as well through injury. And yeah. without McManus and McCarron, you just feel Monaghan as good as, they do a lot of good things, but they're just, they just seem very, very blunt in attack that they're just not going to get enough scores. And then to be fair, the second half, they just run out of steam, which look that can happen in a game the first week of February. But we expected them to be right up against it. And and it's looking that way for, for Vinnie Curry, to be fair. But for Jacko and for Kerry, it's a good win. And like I say, two or three guys putting their hand up. Yeah, I think that that's, that was the best thing that could have happened for Kerry. Like they obviously won the game, but you can't read into that result really from a Kerry point of view because Monaghan were so poor, especially in the second half. Second half was Bloodgates, they were just like you can't read into the result too much but all you want is maybe for one forward to catch fire to be able to take that confidence into the bigger games that's all you can really take from some of those games especially at home but if you're a jack he fair enough there's a couple of corner forwards putting their hands up they're still they still need to get that midfielder do you know if David Moran's gone you need that leader in midfield that's going to be able to kind of drive the team into big moments like it's fine kind of coasting to victory today but we need it. We need another midfielder to put pressure on the boys. Oh, I thought yeah. the lads weren't bad at midfield today, GB. Yeah, no, they were. They were excellent. No, no, look, but are replacing one of the best. Do You're what? just talking about replacing David, like obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aerially, even so strong. Did either of you ever feel the heat in a league campaign? Do you know James off the back of winning an All Ireland or Football of the Year, or Paddy off the back of winning All Ireland? Can you remember a particular league where you were like? Oh Jesus! Like I'm under pressure here. Every league we were. <laughs> yeah, do you do you always feel that? Paddy? Jim, did Jim Gavin always have the ability to generate that pressure? Yeah, and again, there's just the depth of the squad, and that's what I f- you feel like. Kerry have that. Now that's the big plus for for Kerry and for Jack, o- or Jack O'Connor. That guys have to be on their toes, and like, like I said, this is pretty much Kerry's second league team. Mm. And he's putting out in the National League and, and they're dominating a Division One team today. That's the beauty of, of having squad depth. But for us, with with Dublin yeah we, it was just always if you're getting an opportunity that's why we, we had such a good record in the National League for, for, for four or five years um, every team wants that every team wants to have it um, but for Kerry there's no doubt we said it last year the depth of their squad is a massive massive plus for them and again you can see it today yeah absolutely right let's just go through the results from Division 1 Kerry 316 Monaghan 14 as we said uh, it was close at half time it was 10-6 but Kerry absolutely pulled away Tyrone have beaten Donegal by 16 points to 8. McCurry kicked 7 points. Darry Canavan kicked 3. Rory Canavan was added to 26 at late notice. So we're getting closer to seeing the two Canavans together. And Armagh 17 points. Mayo 17. As we brought it to you live on the football pod, as we were recording at the start here on Sunday evening. Um, like that's two draws now on the bounce for Mayo. Paddy, as you mentioned, Ryan O'Donoghue with uh, the equaliser last week. And this week, they squandered it after being five points up. So uh, the good and the bad for Kevin McStay to work with early on. I, I, I thought in the first half, like our man were getting loads of bodies back and, and I watched his because we would have faced this challenge a lot when we were playing with Dublin. Mayo have a lot of possession, but our man have 13 or 14 guys inside the 45. And you look at the setup, they've had no Shea inside, which you obviously get a sense McStay is going to try and use that throughout the season. 
The Mayo shape in their forward line is really good. The guys right out the sideline, the guys right inside the full forward line to try and stretch that defence. But if you're playing against a blanket defence like that, the bu- something has to move fast. So you either have players coming from deep, like a train, the likes of Elite King, Roshi Mullen in years gone by, Paddy Durkin, all three of them are obviously not there for different reasons. But if the players aren't going fast, then the ball needs to go really, really quick. And the objective when you're playing against 14 or 15 guys inside the 45 is turn the defence. Try and move the ball quickly into one of the corners and get four or five of these guys to get dragged to the ball and then get it out of there really quickly for a shot on the other side. And in the first half, Mayo just didn't really do that enough. They had loads of possession and their shape was good, but the, the way the ball was moving was just so slow. And if you're mm. an Amara, we're so happy for this to happen in front of them. It was just over and back. And Mayo might think, oh, we're being really patient. And I get that. But they're not challenging the Armada defence at all. That changed in the second half. You could see yeah. race, four down. They get a couple of scores towards the end of the first half to keep the minute. But in the second half, it's far more purposeful for Mayo all over the pitch. They're starting to kick balls into Aiden O'Shea. They're getting joy out of that. The guys like Jordan Flynn, Manny Ruan bursting through. Manny Ruan gets a brilliant score in the 47th minute. It actually just levels it up. I think it was 10 all. Um, with that score but it was perfect for playing against the blanket defence now a man have bodies back but himself and Jordan Flynn cut in at full tilt behind the defence and all of a sudden despite our man having loads of bodies back Mayo cut right through them and that's what it was so good for Mayo in the second half like I said he pushed up on, on Rafferty's kickouts it was like Mayo of old and they get themselves five points up totally winning position and I'm ready to come on and say you know already you can see McStay's influence there but down the stretch there, they're going to be so, so disappointed not to win that game. But that was the interesting thing to, to, to look at for Mayo. Yes, O'Shea was inside, really passive in the first half of their attack and play, but they had real purpose in the second half and they were getting rewards out of it. But for them, look, I, I, I would have tipped Armagh to win this game today and it looked like it at, at halftime. But to be fair to Mayo, for that third quarter, they were excellent, but just they would be ruined that, that last four or five minutes. James. I think in that in that third quarter, though, I mean, just before you, you said, what I, I think what happened was Armagh were getting to a certain part of the field. It was around just outside maybe Mayo's 45-yard line, and they were turning the ball over kind yeah, of a lot, very easily. And that completely played into Mayo's hands because they could break with runners. Mm. But in the first half, it was like Armagh were able to leave Mayo build up really slowly and get bodies back, and Mayo didn't know what to do at all. Yeah, They couldn't, when it was slow, Mayo didn't have kind of the cuteness to be able to get nice shots off. But when they turned over the ball and could go at it fast with runners, they're mm. so they're so accustomed to that, they could do it. But it was when it was held up and slow, they just didn't seem to be able to get the shots off from half forward line. But, but isn't that it, Jimmy? For Mayo, they have to get used to that. If yeah. they're going to go deep into the all Ireland, you are going to come up against that. They'll come up against, they'll come up against it with Galway, all the top. If you look at Kerry today, Kerry are getting loads of bodies back. You know what I mean? If you're going to go far in the other, you need to be adept at playing against set defences. And it's never really been a strong point for Mayo. We've always said that they thrive when the game is chaotic. Yeah. Turnovers, they can fly from everywhere and that's what Mayo want. And yeah, to an extent, you got that in the second half. But but to be fair, in terms of their setup, I was watching it closely in the first half. Their shape up front was really good. Hmm. If Havo Shea is a focal point, they're really wide, but they just weren't challenging the Armada defence because it was just too passive. It was too yeah. slow. It was ponderous. It wasn't enough. I'm not saying you need to start kick passing all the time inside because that's difficult against 13 or 14 guys. 
but you've got to be slick on the ball. It's got to be quick. If it's hand pass by the foot or runners from deep and Mayo in the first half, it was just really passive. And look, and they were completely outplayed. They were 8-4 down. They get a couple of scores just before the, the end of the first half, which bring them back into it. But it was a total change in the second half. So yeah. as a starting point, like I say, we're, we're only two games into this for Mayo. There's plenty of things to work on. And you can see the start of, okay, McStay, they have ideas. They're still really brave on kickouts. Mm. They're pushing up and they're, they're playing on the front foot, which is good to see. Um, but like I said, they'll be how that game finished down the stretch, they'd be frustrated with that. For an experienced mm-hmm. team like Mayo, you'd expect them to see that game out. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, and, and there, there's a lot that we'll we'll keep an eye on with Mayo, but one thing that stood out, and it's Kevin McStay sticking by his word, is Aidan O'Shea starting at full forward. Yeah. And McStay has said this numerous times over the years, but I'll pick out one time he said it in particular, and it was on the Mayo Football Podcast last year. He said, my position on Aidan O'Shea hasn't changed for 10 years. Put him full forward and build your team around him. If I had him in front of me of a panel I was running, I'd say, Aiden, we're going to build this team around you. We're going to bring this as far as we can. You won't be going out to midfield and you won't be going out as a false six and you won't be doing any of that fire brigade stuff. You'll be inside in the square and we're going to play football slightly differently. If you've the two O'Connors healthy in form, you've got Conroy, O'Donoghue and Aiden O'Shea at 14. There's five players that will win you any game. He's right. He's right. And he said, I, I'd I find another. Murphy would like to hear and that, he said, right? he said, I'd find another workhorse somewhere to tidy up the game for me. So we have an idea now what Kevin McStay is looking yeah, for later you in the can summer. See it today, of course. And is it going to work? Have you seen enough over the years and today to to suggest that it might work? Aiden O'Shea there, at full forward. There's 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 not that many scores in Aiden. Everyone knows it. Like he's not going to score that much. So. He has to be winning it out in front, top of the D, and you have to get those runners off to slip it. Like, but if the ball is in front of him, he's going to win it. He's not. His hands are unbelievable. Yeah. He's he's massively strong. How many fullbacks in the country would actually like to mark him? You know, probably Sean Kelly from Galway is the only one physically who'd actually match up with him. Do you know, the carry defense wouldn't be wouldn't be that physically strong. I'm thinking anyone in Dublin, they probably wouldn't want to get it, their hands in them. So he's I, I agree. Team. I think that is, spot. is in there. If the ball going in is good. Chances are he's going to win it. Yeah. The issue then is, is can they get guys off? And Killian O'Connor gets more minutes today. Right, I don't know who looks back and he's sharp after the, the kind of nightmare season he had. Mm. Okay, do you want to get Tommy Conroy back in there as well? But but to be fair to Max Day, he is definitive in that, which is good. And I think that's been a, probably an issue for, for Aidan O'Shea that he's kind of fallen between two stools. He's playing centre forward one week, he's midfield the next week, he's inside for five minutes. Um, and never really clear really what Mayo wanted back, to get yeah. from him and, and then the supporters going to get on his back because they're thinking well if he's full forward he should be scoring five or six points like Jimmy you said that's not his game whereas McStay seems to come in and he's like this is this is your role and yeah, that clarity yeah. as a player even for someone who's been around as long as Aidan O'Shea that can give you a lease of life yeah. you're not being asked to do 20 different things we want you in here and we're going to play off you I'd say Aidan O'Shea gets energy from that as well. And you could see yeah. it today. I thought it was a really good performance by me. He kicks a couple of scores himself, which is a plus as well. But the good things that Mayer were doing, particularly in that third quarter, he was involved in it. Yeah. And Mayer were looking for him. And then, like I was saying, the space starts opening up. They can get those kick passes into him. Um, and yeah, but without a doubt, we're going to see more of it. We're going to see can more of with the rest of the National League and into the Championship. Can I put it on the record here? There's very few full forwards like David Clifford. Aidan O'Shea at 14 doesn't need to get a bucket load of scores. He just needs no, to create. There's no as, as you've said, win ball, 
win freeze, lay it off, create carnage, create chaos. Like, I'm not sure Kieran Donaghy, he was probably a more natural full forward. I'm not sure he ever racked up huge scores, whether it be points, no. but like he could come in with one three and he could yeah. set up three or four. Just and, about being effective, Toby. Yeah. There's a focal point there for Mayo. And, and, and we said it last week for McStay, the big thing he needs to try and find for Mayo is they need more scores. They need to do something different up front because what's happening over the from last 10, four 10, 11, 12, Paddy. Hasn't been good enough. Yeah, they need it from yeah. 10, 11, 12. I think that's where they need the scores from. They need yeah. a threat there so they're not dropping back in front of O'Donoghue, say Conroy when he comes back, you know, Aiden Shea. But if yeah. I was if I was Aiden Shea, no, right? If you think of his attributes, he should be he should be kicking freeze in training morning, noon and night for marks yeah. because he's going to get, he's going to get marks all day, every day, and every game. And if he has the confidence to just take a step back, settle himself, and throw over a couple of points of maybe 30 yards, like that would be, be an incredible uh, addition to, to Mayo, I think. Yeah, because O'Shea used to be trigger-happy back in the day. But the one thing that stand out that stood out over the last couple of years, especially the last couple of years under Horn, he was, he was turning down opportunities to shoot. And then in that yeah. Dublin game, where they eventually turned him over, he missed that mark early on on the wrong side and he had a yeah. couple of wides early on that day when he was playing close to the square so you never know if he's backed and this goes on that could that but could you know what I mean, Tommy, that's yeah. he, even that season alone he's played in different positions if he knows I'm going to be playing full forward on this Mayo team you are going out and you're practicing your scores yeah. you're shooting you are getting your eye in as much as you can because there's no ambiguity now because yeah. is like he's come out and said it you can see it even last week and, and, and then today he's going to be on the square so you better get working on your shooting, and I'm sure you will. He's yeah. an experienced player. But that kind of indecision that you could see, that, that double game's an obvious example. Or just, he was just not confident to take shots. It was... No. Yeah, for sure. You could just see a guy who's just, I don't want to take this on. So he needs to get that sorted, and I'm sure he will. But today, yeah. for him, look, there's loads of positives for Mayo today, despite the, the finale of the game. Um, and like I say, even probably a Cork there. This is early stages of the season, so we, we always say, who's building a little bit of momentum? What game plans are these new coaches trying to bring in? And you can see that for Mayo next day today. So it's not all doom and gloom, but, but they definitely would have looked to well, have got the win up there. Well, Paddy, myself and yourself are going to be giving out uh, midterm report cards around the divisions in the next little bit here on the Football Pod. <laughs> James, just going to finish off the results and we'll let you go head, head to Key West. Division 2, loud. 111, Derry 211. Loud, so unlucky. We'll come to that in a few minutes. Late on, Slough and Derry got them over the line. Big win for Derry and RD. Me put four goals plus Clare, 4 8 to 16 points, a four point win. Come back to that. Um, you called it. The golden the battle. I call it. And goals. Clare nearly got back from the dead. Seven goals in two games. There you yeah. go. Um, Limerick 111, Dublin 217. Dublin were in total control at half time, took the foot off the gas in the second half. Limerick came back into it a bit, but you know, Dublin blooding a couple of new players as well. Fenton with the goal, Rock with the penalty. Um, you know, a big, big result there uh, for Dublin. A, a nice win for them. Cork 214, Kildare seven points. We've briefly touched on it. We might come back to it a little later on. That's a huge win for Cork, getting their season on track. And Kildare looking better in Division 2. In Division 3 on Saturday night, down Rob Dantrum. <laughs> they robbed them a one point win a couple of late scores uh, late in that game in Park Esler a late show from down Pat Havern is flying at full forward talking about full forwards and form and Oro Murdoch in midfield a young fella getting rave reviews around the place is flying for County Down and Laverty so they have two wins from two Offaly and Fermanagh was 1-1 apiece at half time today lads Classic. Got, got a bit better in the second half Offaly edged that one 1-9 to 1-8 so 
Liam Kearns is definitely getting a bounce. I, I doubted him at the start of the year, but he's getting a bounce from off. I told off. you, lad. tip, my boys. Tipperary are in serious trouble. <laughs> uh, they lost Connor Sweeney this week, the dreaded yeah. cruciate. Cruciate. Thoughts with Connor Sweeney and also with Kieran Byrne of Loud. Both of them suffered crush, cruciate injuries at the weekend there last week. So Tipperary had a savage start against Cavan. 1-2 to one point up, but that was really as good as it got. They lost 119 to one seven, And in the Midlands, a classical. Westmead hammered Longford 4-16 to nine points, despite it being a draw, eight points apiece at the break. So Longford only scored one point in the second half. That's the top scorers across the entire four divisions are Leitrim. They bet London today, 3-12 to 1-15. But boy, was it heart and mouth stuff. I was listening to it on Ocean FM. Leitrim were eight points up, a man up with 10 minutes to go. London equalised in injury time and uh, Leitrim just got over the line. Keep Burn kick 1-7, just showing the benefit of having a quality forward at that level. Carlo bet Waterford by four points on Saturday night. Leash with their second win, they've beaten Wexford 118-113. And in the cross McGlen derby, sorry, uh, Wicklow, Sligo. Wicklow lost by six points. Tony McEntee, Sligo, beating yeah. Ushing McConville's Wicklow. Uh, they edged it with a ruthless second half performance. So that is the results from round two of the National Football League. You are listening to the Football Pod. It is brought to you every week by AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out the toughest for more. James O'Donoghue, we will bid you farewell. See you, boys. <laughs> Enjoy Miami. Have fun in Get out of there, please. What do, you, what, do you call, what do you call your man, uh, Horatio? Is it from CSI Miami? That's Horatio Kane. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's what yeah. I hear, Ginger. Come back have in a, one piece, Jimmy. Avoid those crocodiles. Yeah, have a great time. I will if I can. Yeah. Go on, boys. Thanks, James. Bye. Talk soon. See you We're going to be back bye, bye, bye. with Paddy Anders in a moment. <laughs> All right, you're very welcome back to the Football Pod with Paddy Anders. Just Paddy Andrews. We let James O'Donoghue go there. He did well to make it all the way from Miami. I'm surprised we got him at all. Even yeah. 10 minutes with Jimmy there. Roman, he's the shorts on off camera. Yeah. To be I honest, think... if I was in Miami, I don't know how much use I would have been to his lads. Yeah, well, I think James definitely had one pina colada. He may have had a few more. So he did well to keep it on the show. <laughs> uh, we, we'll see how next week goes. So we're looking forward to that. Next week, we will be talking a little bit about Sigerson. That'll be uh, it'll be given a Sigerson weekend. It's a free weekend in the National Football League, and we'll be previewing round three. So we're two rounds down, so we're getting an idea of the teams that are in a bit of bother and the teams that are going to be doing quite well. And one team that we've maybe slept on is Davy Burks versus Common Paddy. Yeah. They've had two huge wins, two wins with very similar. Uh, situations. They've been down with about 10 minutes to go and their bench has made a huge difference. Ben O'Carroll came off the bench today kicked two points. Kira Murtha came off the bench today and made a big impact. Richard Hughes came off the bench and kicked the winner. Nine Great points winner, to eight. Yep. So um, that's huge for us, Common. Two wins early on. Oh, it's, massive. One. it's massive. And look, I, I've been a critic of them in the past. I didn't expect it from them. Davy Burke has come in. You kind of, you got the sense that they were struggling to get a new manager for a lot of the off-season last year. You're thinking that's that's never a good sign. But to be fair to Davy Burke, he's a great record underage teams. He's come in and Roscommon, like an excellent win to kick off their campaign at home. If you feel like in terms of relegation, that's what you were looking at for Roscommon. They need to win their home games in the hide. They get off to a brilliant start last week. Tyrone are very sloppy, but Roscommon are very clinical with their opportunities. We've always said they've got guys that can score. And the Smith, Donny Smith, the Murtas. That's never really been an issue for, for us, Cameron. It's been at the other end of the pitch. That how hard are they to play against? We would have had a similar accusation, I suppose, of, of Galway for a number of years. That really talented players, but they're too easy to get at. But for 
for Roscommon to win that game against Tyrone. And Tyrone are street, are street smart. Roscommon managed the game down the stretch well against a massive wind. Really, the momentum they would have got from that. And to go over to Salt Hill, and like, I have to say, I was impressed with Galway last week against, against Mayo. Okay, you look at today, Finnerty's missing with an injury. He's an important player from they lose Damian Comer early in the game as well. He could potentially be a massive loss. We see how important he was even last week against Mayo. And then they're obviously Mr. Shane Walters away traveling. So, so for Galway, not at full strength, but I'd still expect them to win that game over in Pierce Stadium. But Ross Common, to be fair, it's a dogged game. Nine-eight. You know, it's not gonna it's not, a, not a classic. There's always a game force wind in South Hill. But for Ross Common to come out of that. Two really battling wins against mm. two very good teams the yeah. first two weeks of the National League. If you're saying they're the biggest question marks I would have had against Roscommon, those tough games, you just you never felt they were going to come out on top. Even look at last year, losing to Clare in the All-Ireland Series of Croker down the stretch. That That's the biggest plus for, for Davy Burke. They have four points on the board and the manner of those two wins, and particularly today, to get a win on the road, in Division 1 it's massive for them and it sets them up really well they need to carry that on now over the next three or four weeks and, and try and push on but for, for the Rossies that's that's as good a start as possible yeah absolutely huge for for Galway on the flip side um, they lost Rob Finnerty last week they obviously yeah. let that lead slip against against uh, Mayo late on in Castlebar there was a couple of positives in the game Shane Walsh is away for a couple of weeks today they lost Damien Comer yeah. uh, he was stretched off after 10 minutes with a leg injury so Best wishes to Damien. I don't know what happened or, or how bad it is. So yeah, we, we keep an eye on that. Not too bad for Desi Keneally come off the bench, kicked three points. Ian Burke come off the bench and kicked his first point in a couple of years uh, yeah. for Galway. So he's, he's back in the panel. That it's a bad loss. Will they be? Will Pork Joyce be worried that they only have one point two games in, or is this is this um, a campaign? It's hard to know. Um, like I, said, I felt they would have a very strong league campaign, similar to Mayo today up in Armagh. I think Galway would have been kicking themselves that he didn't close out that game last week in Castle Bar and got off to a perfect start. Um, I don't think he'd be overly concerned yet. I think the issue for him is injuries. That would definitely be worrying. What we said this, the season is so condensed now. Rob Finnerty looked bad last week, being carried off, couldn't put any weight on his leg. We don't know the extent of Comer's injury, but they are they're massive players for Galway. Massive, massive players. And so definitely, I think that's the more concerning thing, more so than maybe not getting the result today for Park Joyce. Like I say, it's still early in the season. They're still they're not even only two games into the National League. You can turn it around pretty quickly. And like I said, there was things I was impressed with them last week against Mayo. They'll need to bounce back. But, but more importantly for him is, can we get these injured guys? Hopefully they're just collision injuries and it's only a couple of weeks time. Shane Walsh, when can we get him back after his club campaign with Kimbuckle Croaks? Um, because Galway, they had momentum last season. It was a good year for them. They definitely don't want to be getting dragged down into, into relegation stuff before the start of the championship. I don't think they will, but definitely the, the most pressing thing for, for Parlick Joyce, I'd say, is his bodies, that we're getting these guys back on the pitch sooner rather than later. Yeah. At the start of the leagues, looking on from the outside, and it's always hard to predict these things, but we were saying that Monaghan or in a bit of bother, we were yeah. suggesting that Donegal, even though we, we did say that they could get a good game in against Kerry in that first game, given the play yeah. of Kerry were missing, Donegal could be in bother. And we definitely had Roscommon in the mix there. Yeah. But it looks like Roscommon's two wins may just lead them to avoid the the yo-yo nature of their last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's still early days, Tommy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> we're two games in and like, it is quite erratic, even so we looked at the swing that Cork had from last week to this week. 
for Roscommon now, if I'm sure Davy Burke and Roscommon players, they're not thinking about relegation. Mm. They've got two from two. They're sitting top of the league. For, for Donegal, it was a big win for them last week for Paddy Carr. You know, they were struggling the first half. Tough conditions. They managed to turn it around. This week, you got a sense they were going to find it difficult against Tyrone. You expected a bounce back from Tyrone and they've got that. Uh, for Monaghan, there hasn't really been any plus for Monaghan in their first two games. And I think the worrying thing for Vinny Curry today was just the nature of that second half that it, it, they just looked flat. They didn't, Kerry didn't really have to get out of third gear at any stage in that game. And I think the worry for Monaghan, as we are saying earlier on, they just look a bit blunt. Yeah. Where are they going to get big scores from? Like, they've relied so heavily on, on McManus and Jack McCarran uh, previously. Um, and you feel like that's going to be an Achilles heel. But for Donegal, I think that's probably more realistic. Look at them today. You know, probably well beaten by Tyrone over at Healy Park. They need to pick up points in their home games. I, I think looking at where we are now, Monaghan have a massive, massive task to try and stay up. Uh, but for Donegal, they'll need to pick up points in Bally Buffet. Um, but Tyrone, they'll be happy today getting the show back on the road. Like, so I was disappointed with their last quarter last week against Roscommon. Yeah. An experienced team and obviously the, the conditions were favouring them. Huge win that they're back. They just seemed to panic down the stretch which was surprising from a team of Tyrone's experience. But today, it feels like that gets their season up and running. Darren McCurry back kicking scores. Darren Canavan, look, and we, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago about cementing his place in that Tyrone team. They'll need him they need newer guys to stand up with, with the turnover they've had in their panel, but no doubt for Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar, they'd be a lot happier this evening than they were coming back up the road from Hyde Park last Sunday. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned Donegal there. Donegal-Monaghan in round three after the week break next week. That's going to be a huge game. It's in Monaghan and then Donegal have Galway in round four and Mayo in round six at home. Just to give you an idea of the table, it's Roscommon on four points at the top. Armagh on three and then Kerry, Tyrone, Mayo, Donegal all on two points. Galway have one and May- uh, Monaghan have zero points. Moving on to Division 2, Paddy. Um, Derry and Dublin are both top with two wins from two apiece. So, As expected, but I think the surprise to today it wasn't a straightforward for Derry. It wasn't a straightforward for Derry, yeah. Which, and, and, and for, for, for Mickey Hart and Loud, like I said at the start of this we were doing our, our quite questionable predictions that I felt Limerick and Loud would, would struggle. Limerick have, have really struggled. They've played arguably the two toughest games in Dublin and yeah. Derry, but the manner of their defeats, you feel like they're going to struggle to get any sort of points in this division. But for Loud, be zero from two, you might think, oh, we, we expected that, but, but they will feel very hard done by not to get a, uh, anything out of Ennis last week against Clare. And today again, to be in such a strong position against one of the top teams in the country, but Derry just nicking and pulling away at the end. Mickey Hart and losing a Kieran Burger during the week. That is a, a tough start to the season and they probably do deserve a little bit more than what they've got. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, like I, I saw Solomon last week, I have a feeling Loud will cause bother for a couple of teams and they I may so. well. I think so, yeah. They may well stay up. Me, they're also on four points and I'm absolutely not getting ahead of myself here. They had a big win. We've in... never spoke about me as much in this podcast and that's I'll... what you was host for three years. I am taking my opportunity, but... Four goals today, but yeah. only the only the eight points. Is that something that you would find alarming? Look, <laughs> there's a couple of things you find alarming with me. Like I said, but we said it last week. They're by no means the finished article. Mm. But for Colin O'Rourke to come in and to pick up two two wins from two, it puts him in a really strong position. And the plus thing, we said it 
you can see what they're trying to do. There's a very set way of playing. We're going to kick the ball. We're going to be really direct. We're going to be brave in opposition kickouts. I, I, I think there's probably questions at the back. And, you, you know, Clare are probably not the best equipped team that they'll come up against to really test that, that mid defence. But they have guys that can score, that know where the posts are. Issue for me, do you feel, losing Shane Waltz today. Yeah. And, and this, is the, this is the big thing. Every season, we don't want to keep beating on about it. But guys playing National League, playing Sigerson Cup, you're playing two really, really tough games, high-quality games in tough conditions, week on week on week. He'll be missing, for you'd imagine, for, for DCU in their semi-final at Sigerson on Wednesday. But you can't say you're overly surprised when you're seeing guys pick up these injuries with the load of games they're playing at the minute. But, but if you're Colin O'Rourke or saying, well, look, he's one of our best forwards. He's a guy who we're looking, we can build our team around. So we're going to play him. And DC, you're the same. You're going to win the Sigurdsson Cup. We're going to play him. But it's, it's a big ask of players and we're seeing these injuries. But he was excellent last week. But for me to lose him today, it's other guys standing up. And they have dangerous forwards again. And, and to be fair to O'Rourke, he's playing to their strengths. It's going to, they'll be exciting to watch. There's bigger tests, obviously, in Division 2. The two big games, they have Derry and they have Dublin. Dublin coming to Navin in a couple of weeks' time, which is going to be a brilliant occasion. Yeah. But as a starting point for me, you can see progress already. Yeah. Um, I was questioning, is O'Rourke the demand for this? Is he, you know, at the cold face of modern tactics and things like that? It's, he's a good team around him and he's got the county with an energy around him again. And you said it, like if you're a young Flynn Mead, Colin Morocco is the coach you want to impress him he's, sure. he's a legend of the game and he's he's not reinventing the wheel as he said it himself we're going to kick the ball inside and it's up to our boys inside to do it and so far over the first two weeks they've been able to do it and it's yeah. a brilliant brilliant start for Colin Morocco and for that main team Listening to the game on LMFM and speaking to a few people who were at it it was clear that the hallmarks of last week's performances and both Mead and Clare were there again Clare's lack of efficiency around the scoreboard, let them down at times. And Mead, their direct style, while it paid off with goals and they had a 15-second spell where they scored a goal from a high ball and intercepted a kickout for another one, which oh, definitely stretched them ahead. But their risk-reward style, they're kicking the ball away, let them down at times. And is that something that's going to come back to bite them and they, they might just give up yeah, on it? Or can you, do you persist? Do you persist yeah. with it, Paddy? They're not going to be the finished article in their first two games in National League. You can, And you, you feel... And this is not just me. I think every team is going to get better the more and more games they play. It's a new style of play for them. We said that, but that's what that's what Mead demanded. That's what they had to do. They had to find players and they had to settle on a style of play that's going to suit those players. So, yes, they're kicking the ball a lot more. That is inevitably going to lead to turnovers, but they will improve with that and they'll find the balance as well. Okay, you might say it's early days. Let's just try and kick everything in because that's what we're being told to do. I remember we started trying to bring in specific tactics of Dublin. It did take us time to figure them out and work out the nuances of it as well. Um, I mean, you're going to see that with Mead as well. But if you're asking, like, Tommy, you're a Mead, Mead fan and, and mm. from the outside looking in, and what would success be like if we're sitting here on, on the 5th of February and saying, well, we've two wins from two, a brilliant win down on Cork. We've got a couple of forwards who are really exciting. Okay, we're kicking the ball away. And like I said, that will probably come back to haunt them against the likes of Derry, who play that counter-attacking style, or against Dublin, where Mead are open at the back and, and Dublin can hit Conor Callahan and these guys and Dean Rock and Curtis Kenny. But as a starting point, they'll get better and they'll get a little bit sharper around those things. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly negative about me, Tommy. You know, 
I could be very negative about Mead in the past. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take it when I get it. I'm going to come back to Dublin in a second, but rooted at the bottom of the table are Limerick. As you mentioned, they've played the two yeah. toughest teams in the division so far. Kildare and Loud, as we mentioned, Loud were very unlucky and I do reckon after seeing them, they'll cause bother to other teams and have a fair shot of staying up. Kildare are sandwiched in between Loud and Limerick and they're zero from two. An okay performance against Dublin sounded like a shocker in Newbridge today. Would you be worried about Glen Ryan and Kildare slipping into the Talchon Cup in Division 3? Again, it's early days, but I think the manner of that defeat today in Newbridge, to not score for that length of time, to be well, well beaten. And, and I don't think Cork are one of the top teams in this division. Kildare are going to have a tougher test down the road as well, but they need a response big time and they need it quickly. We've spoken with this before, Tommy, that you don't want to get into a momentum of, of bad momentum where things could slide. You look at, we said about Leash, Billy Sheehan, sure enough, they find themselves down in Division 4 and they've got a bit of a bounce this season. But it can go wrong quite quickly and yeah. the negativity can engulf the team, the county, the supporters. And for Kildare, okay, they, they mightn't have expected to get a win in, in Crow Park against Dublin on the opening night, but it was okay, there was positives from the take from it. But without a doubt, they'd have been looking. Newbridge, big crowd, a kind of wounded Cork team. We, we, we spoke about Cork's false last week. They would have fancied that game today. And to put in, okay, losing the game, but the performance and the manner they've lost it, Glenn Ryan will be looking for a massive, massive reaction from Kildare the next day out. Because if they don't get it, well then yes, they are in massive danger of slipping okay. down to tell the cup. Is- that, Kildare should not, Kildare as a county should not be falling down to that level. Well, That's this- the worry for them. This is why I'm asking you because they're going to Ennis in two weeks' time to play Clare and then they've got Derry at home. Yeah. Before they face Loud away. And that game in round five, if Loud or Limerick pick up a win, either of them will be on two points. That's the thing. We said it. You you get off to a slow start. The league is unbelievably important this season, but in Division 2 of all the divisions, that you're... You have a slippery start and you are chasing your tail and you can end up in the Talented Cup. I didn't expect Kildare to be in this position. Like mm. I said, I, I would have had Dublin and Derry as the top two. They've shown that over the first couple of weekends, but we had Kildare pushing them all the way. And if you're a Kildare supporter and you see some of the reaction online to today as well, that's it's a very, very disappointing start for them. And like I say, if they don't get a result in Ennis, that's, that's huge pressure going down the stretch. Yeah. And they could... They could, Kildare, the county that size could find themselves in the Talent Cup. That would be unthinkable yeah. for, for Glenn Ryan and his management team. We'll, we'll keep a close eye on that one. To talk about the dubs and just even, I suppose, the benefits of being in Division 2 when you've got such a huge turnover in your panel and the feeling that there's a you know still a bit of transition going on there with the, the young players coming through. Yeah. The pressure or the spotlight is off a little bit. So today... Dublin raced into an early lead. They could take the foot off the gas and Limerick couldn't really get a bit in touch and distance. Just to give you a rundown of the team, David O'Hanlon starts in goals again. Sean McMahon, Keen Murphy, Darren Newcomb in the full back line. Lee Gannon, Greg McEnany and Tom Lehiff in the half back line. Brian Fenton and Pat O'Coffey burn in midfield. Scully, Ross McGarry and Kilkenny in the half forward line. Lorcan Adele, Dean Rock and Conor Callaghan up front. So, you know, a fairly uh, well-known front Yes, we'll say. But the back six, you know, apart from McMahon, Lehiff, you know, the others are pretty much rookies. I know Gannon had a breakout year last year, but like, it, it you know, a lot of new players breaking through. And even the bench, Collie Baskell, Killian O'Gara, Adam Fearn, Sean Lowry, Ben Millist. 
Like they're not household names. No, they're not. But, but that's what we knew that would be the case with Dublin. I, I said it last week. I expect all throughout the National League that they'll have the core of their really experienced guys and scattered around will be some of these newer guys. And that's what Desi Farrell has to do. Like that, that's obvious. They need to find depth in their squad. There's been massive turnover. You lose Johnny Cooper uh, just, just gone in the off-season. A couple of knocks for Owen Merchant and John Small. So Dublin... You know, that is a massive prerequisite of what Desi Farrell is going to have to find during the National League. And that's, he said it, Division 2 mightn't be the worst place for some of these guys to step into that today. Like they were comfortable today down in the Gaelic grounds. But if you're a younger guy and some of those guys, particularly in defence, and you're making your Dublin debut, that's not the worst environment to make it in. And we said it nearly on the other side of the scale. Kerry have such depth in their squad. That's a brilliant problem for Jack O'Connor to have. But, but for Desi, it's about building up these guys. Can we find two, three, probably four or five players realistically in the ideal scenario? You look at last year, okay, relegated from Division 1, but they got Lee Gannon and Lorcan O'Dell to a lesser, lesser extent. They mm. And Dublin need those players. Look, it's not household names on the bench. And there's not, there's not a David Clifford coming through the ranks either for Dublin. So it's a case of injuries will hurt Dublin particularly in defence, by losing Philly McMahon, Johnny Cooper the last couple of years. That's an issue for them, that they need to find two or three of these guys. So it's good to see, you know, there's high hopes for, for, for Greg McEnany. They want all Merchant and John Small back there come the summertime. But expect to see this from Dublin over the next six or seven weeks. There are going to be names and you're looking, they are new, they are new, but that's what Dublin need to do. And to be fair, to have two from two, um, it's the best of both worlds for Desi that they're winning game. They, they're looking strong to be promoted back to Division 1 where they want to be, but they're also getting lots of minutes into these younger guys. Come championship time, you still expect maybe 11 or 12 of the kind of household names for Dublin, but they need to find these two or three guys. And the biggest thing, we said it, Tommy, they need impact off the bench. If you're going to win the All-Ireland, you need to have X factor off the bench. There's all, inevitably there's going to be injuries, there could be suspensions. You're really you're looking for twenty players, twenty players that can play in the white heat of championship. You felt they probably lacked that against Kerry coming down the stretch last year. They very nearly pulled it off, but losing Conor Callahan, they didn't have the depth of previous years to replace him. But as a starting point for Dublin, you expect them to win it today in Limerick. That's like mm. say Limerick are, are arguably the weakest team in, in the division. But can we see over the next three or four weeks these guys really putting their hands up? I haven't seen it yet, and I didn't see it really. Despite the new players starting against Kildare, it wasn't a great performance, but you're hoping over the next three or four weeks that these guys start standing up and really don't show up for Kerry today. That's the thing. Making it hard for Desi Farrell not to pick you. Yeah. That's the that's the key thing for Dublin. You know, we, we're talking about the young players there. What is the measure for the more established players? Conor Callahan kicks four points today. Brian Fenton gets his second goal in two games, palming in an O'Callaghan effort. So like... What is the measure for those lads? Do they have their own standards that they're meeting that they know that they're meeting in terms of like training and, and hitting on the pitch? Or what are you expecting to see from them? I, 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 like that you're looking for a bit of consistency in the performances. Like you can't get away from the fact that Dublin were very open about this last season. Throughout the National League, their biggest players didn't perform very well. And that's, you can talk about transition and you can talk about, oh, we need to bring young guys through. The bottom line, Dublin were relegated because their key players probably didn't perform to the levels we're so accustomed to. So for those guys, look, they've built up unbelievable CVs. They've had excellent, unbelievable careers to date. 
But for the likes of Kieran Kilkenny, Fento, Conor yeah. Callan, it's just getting that sharpness into your game. Like the season, it's not really a marathon anymore. It is a bit of a sprint. So you want to get that form and get it early. And you see, Con was probably a little bit rusty last week already mm. today. You can see sharpening those things up. And without a doubt, when you're, even as an established player, you're going into these league games, division one, two, three, or four, it doesn't matter. You'll have certain things. Okay, this is what I want to target today. This is what I want to get four shots at the post. I want to get three points for play, four or five contact tackles. They'll have standards whether they're playing, you know, a potentially weaker Limerick team in Division Two or playing Kerry in Division One National League game in Crow Park. Their standards, that's what's been such a key part of their success. But those guys are looking to perform every bit as well. And, and to put the wrongs of last their last uh, spring campaign last year, try and put that right. And that's where it's Good to see that these guys are playing a bit better this season and they'll take confidence from that as well. Yeah. So that's the makeup of Division 2, two rounds in. So not not quite halfway through, but we're two rounds in mm-hmm. out of seven. In Division 3, Cavan, Offaly and Down all have four points. So they're looking good so far. Westmead are on two alongside Fermanagh, who'd be disappointed with that one point defeat to Offaly today. Antrim, Tip and Longford are rooted to the bottom. It was good signs for Andy McIntyre's Antrim, how far they pushed down on Saturday night. They were getting good reviews from the journalists that were at the game um, and from what I could see on Twitter. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, Tipperary and Longford, I think, could be in a bit of trouble there at the bottom of Division 3. Longford, just, like, like, I was surprised to see, it was, I, I thought the two top teams were Cavan and Westmead. Mm-hmm. Last week, the Westmead got off to a slow start, but they, they fairly put Paddy Christie's Longford team to the sort today and they feel like Westmead I said it, I think they're the best team in the division, despite being uh, pipped by Cavan last week. You expect them to kick on, but to be fair to Conor Laverty, okay, they might have been lucky to beat. I wouldn't have expected them to, to win that game against Antrim, probably a bit more comfortably than they did. Mm. But again, similar to me, Tommy, two from two, there's not a whole pile else you can ask for. Exactly. Whether they can kind of keep that going and, and get game promotion, time will tell. But for, for Tipperary to lose Sweeney this week, tough start for them. And for Longford as well, just again, the manner of these defeats, you, you know, to be beaten out the gate in these games this early in the season, that's a worrying sign for any team, no matter the division, if we're being well, well beaten. Uh, that's a hard place to be as a group this yeah. early in the season. Yeah. As I mentioned in Division 4, Hart and, uh, Hart and Mouth stuff from Leitrim once more, but they have two wins from two alongside Leash. They're both on four points. Nile Cruz, Carlo were on three points after an opening day draw with Wicklow and a win today or Saturday against Waterford. Sligo were on two, so they'll be closing in there as well. London, Wexford and Wicklow have a point apiece and Waterford are at the bottom of the table on zero points. So that's Division 4 and Division 3. Paddy, that's nearly us for this week. I don't think we can leave it without ending on the club saga that surprisingly <laughs> surprisingly actually wrapped up before the weekend so yeah you know. I expected that to, to drag on a hell of a lot further than it did um, well Glenn to be fair to him on Friday decided that look, this wasn't the role they wanted to go down um, so the GA finally came out this week um, claiming that they handled this situation well Jesus Christ I'd hate to see them handle something badly <laughs> if that's the case Um Croaks were obviously, obviously going to appeal the decision uh, and had indicated to do so. so. So for Glenn, they just said, look, this, this isn't for us. Uh, there's no winners in this, Tommy. I think that's been clear over the last two weeks since today, two weeks. It's been a bit of a farce. 
Glenn, both clubs were put in different positions. The GAA, kind of the hospital passed to Glenn. You got the sense, maybe Glenn didn't even really want to appeal this. There, there was, they were put in a position where there was huge pressure and huge scrutiny on them. We said it last week, if, personally, if, if I was a player in that dressing room, I wouldn't really have wanted to replay that game. Um, and maybe that's what it's come to. I feel like, I get, I get what you're saying there, I feel like on principle, the manner in which the GA put it back in them, in, in a... In a that, I think that's one of the poorest aspects of this, Tommy. Yeah. You know, really, really, the governing body should be definitive in terms of making a call. I mean, we used the example only this week, uh, Peter McKenna with Crow Park. You know, the, the Katie Taylor issue and Eddie Hearn, fella had said, sell ice to an Eskimo, that fella. I wouldn't really take everything he says with a pinch of salt, but puts the G, or puts Crow Park in a really awkward position. Of, People say, oh, why is the Katie Taylor fight not happening there? It's Crow Park looking for more money, blah, 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 blah. And Peter McKenna just comes out straight away, very definitive in his actions. This yeah. is the facts. He this is them. what's happening. But that kind of decisive leadership, people might agree with it or not, but it was, I'm going to come out and represent this organisation and I'm going to be definitive in what I say. And it gives people a lot of clarity. It doesn't allow, if he doesn't come out, I'm sure over the last four or five days, this will be getting more and more coverage and people talking about the finances at Crow Park. But I think the biggest issue for the GAA in terms of this club saga was just the silence. Was the that silence. Was it was just, yeah. just the aura of we are not really going to deal with this. We don't really want to deal with this. And that was surprising to see them come out this I, week and kind of somewhat uh, yeah, it's, it's, the situation. It's, and, it's, and, I'd like to say it's strange. Well, I... I don't think I'm alone in saying I did not get the sense of that at all. Yeah. It's just been, there hasn't been a winner in this at all for the GEA, for the clubs. It's left a bad taste. Um, and look, if, if there's any positive out of it at all, you would say that, that maybe this, this the substitution, the battle going forward at all levels, particularly this summer coming into the, the, the championship, should be rectified in this situation. Really, but I think they said, not be happening again. I think they said they might they might look at it, but Shane Hannon of OTBAM was speaking to Tom Ryan and Larry McCarthy at the annual um, meeting that they had there the other night when they were revealing their accounts. McCarthy had no interest engaging in any conversation about it. Tom Ryan, to be fair to him, did, you know, answer yeah. Shane's questions, but you could just see how uncomfortable McCarthy was, didn't want to talk about it. But the, the final thing on this, there's a piece in the Sindo today by Tommy Conlon, and I just wanted <laughs> to get your take on it. And the headline is it echoes really the piece so the headline really isn't being taken out of out of context here. Glenn took too long to take their beating. They were looking more and more mean spirited for resorting to litigation. Mm. Having done their best, this is the first paragraph, having done their best to take the good out of it for the winners, the vanquished scuttled away from the mess they created. When the penny dropped, they were starting to look like poor losers. Okay. I, Friday night, Glenn did a U-turn because they realised they had overplayed their hand and backed themselves into a corner by pursuing Kilimco Croaks through the committee rooms. Having not been good enough to beat them in the field of play, I, I don't. Fair? I don't know if I fully agree with, with the tone of that article either. Now I have to say, from from the beginning, I admit I did not think this game should have went to a replay, but I think the clubs were put in a really, really difficult position. Glenn, of course, been put back onto them, and, and at subsequently you could see they probably didn't even want to appeal for a replay in the first place. But the national coverage this got, they were put in an unbelievably awkward position. So I don't. I don't necessarily agree with the tone um, of going down that road, but look, it's we're two weeks later. It's been put to bed, but it's been an unsavoury incident. To, to wrap up, like we said, it, it was a really, really good club season. Yeah, the split season, the first kind of go at it. 
the club games got unbelievable coverage. And the GAAs got too much coverage over the last two weeks that they didn't need. But I, I think everyone's probably happy. Happy might be the, the wrong word, but that that this thing has come to an end because it was going all the way to the DRA. This was going to drag on and on and on. It's been put to bed, but I think the handling of it has put everyone in awkward positions. Yeah. And look, I, don't, I don't know if I go down the road of... of could it give an out about Glenn? Oh, I, geez. I, like, I'm putting it on the record here right I now. I agree with that. Like, Whatever about whether Glenn wanted to do it or not, I think they were well within their rights to to appeal it. They should yeah. have appealed it, but it should have been taken out of their hands in the first place. It should have been dealt with. It was that obvious uh, and blatant a mistake having the uh, 16 player on the field yeah. for that last play. So anyways, put to bed. We'll leave it at that, Paddy. Great to chat to you this week. Thanks for staying with me for the full pod. James, was great to yeah. stay with us for an hour. We don't even need that fella. Exactly. So uh, looking forward to previewing round three of the leagues next week, which is so we'll, we'll catch up again next Monday on the Football Pod. Thanks to everybody at home for listening in. We'll uh, keep our eye on our WhatsApp group with James to see if we get any videos from Miami. Get so home safe and sound. Yeah. Take care, Paddy. Thanks, man. Good night. Well done. Mm-hmm.